This episode is brought to you by the sneaky treat company Melbourne, decadent sweet treats delivered to your door. Let your friends, family or clients know that you're thinking of them with a box of goodies and a personalised note to send along with your gift. TheSneakyTreatCo.com. You know you want to. This episode of the Move Me podcast is another rewind back to 2018 with one of my favourite rock stars, Dave Leslie from The Baby Animals, one of the best guitar slingers in Australia. Dave chats candidly about the early days of the BAs and he even taps into the name of this podcast, Listen Out For It, talking about how music has to move you. That's right. He'll explain it better than me. So enjoy this chat with the warm, funny and extremely talented Mr. Dave Leslie. Hello, Dave Leslie, and welcome to the Move Me podcast. Let's jump in, and I want to talk to you about a song that, oh, it could break your heart, this song. It's called Tonight. What's the story? The lyric came from uh, Susie's, the passing of Susie's dad, and we just happened to be kind of recording in and around that time, and she'd written a bunch of stuff down, and we all loved Wal, Susie's dad, both her parents. We've known each other for such a long time, so it was a really, it was a bit of a tough time for all of us. Yeah, just the lyrics just sort of bubbled to the surface like that and it was a good sentiment. There wasn't a dry eye in the studio when that track was going down, I can tell you that much. Well, I think now that everyone knows the backstory behind it, when they listen to it, there might not be a dry eye in the house. And if anyone's had a look online, you can see the uh, the photo that goes along with the single Tonight for the Baby Animals taken by a lovely man by the name of Athel Maxwell Davis. Everything that's in that song is kind of contained within that photo. The energy around it, is something that makes you instantly drawn to it and no wonder it's been so successful for you. We all went and saw the baby animals during that time. You were on tour. That There was a lot of love. There was a lot of love. I can remember that night, actually. I think that was taken over in Perth and it was our first uh, show back. Uh, Susie had been over there with her family at the time and... Um, yeah, she'd sort of just explained it uh, to the crowd once we'd got a couple of songs into the set. And um, it's a lot of energy in that room, that's for sure. Uh, and yeah, Athel managed to snap that shot. Pretty magic shot. I mean, you know, a picture says a thousand words, that says about a million words, I reckon. Yeah, it was it was a really, it was a magic night for a lot of different reasons. But it was sad, but there was still, it's a, it was amazing energy. Your fans are very loyal. They follow you, they make sure that they all go to the gigs and they buy the albums and singles. Is that something that you thought was going to happen when you started out long hair and rocking out with <laughs> on tour with the Angels? Uh, but it didn't really cross our mind at the time. It's funny uh, as you say that because now these days our fans bring their kids along. I'm meeting these offspring of, of, of our fans back in the day who I think some of whom may have even been, um, you know... Um, conceived. <laughs> conceived at the show. <laughs> or maybe slightly after. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's been wild, but obviously, no, we had no idea. I mean, we were, been, it was such a wild ride, uh, the first you know, five or six years of the band was just, it was amazing. We had very little time to think about anything except for what was happening on the day and, and the next day because the schedule was just so gruelling. There was non-stop touring, nothing like what happens today. We'd, we'd be out going out for months, you know, we'd be overseas for months. You just have to kind of just, just roll with it. How did you all get together? Because you've got Suze Demarchi, she was in Perth and obviously she's a major talent and she was doing some stuff in the UK and then came back, I believe. Yeah, that's right. I think she'd spent a bit of time over in London and released a couple of singles and stuff over there. 
think she got a bit homesick, wanted to, to come back. She was friends with Mark Lazotte. Mark Lazotte was managed by this guy called John Woodruff, who also managed the Angels. And so Woody uh, and Sue's sort of struck a bit of a deal up to put a band together. I had um, just been sort of floating around the, the scene for a while, playing in various cover bands and things like that. How did they know and, about you? Um, I auditioned. I, was working for this agency delivering posters and contracts and stuff like that and playing in cover bands and Rose Tattoo were auditioning guitar players and I was I was heard about this and I applied to go on. I wasn't I knew that I probably wasn't gonna get the gig because for one I had no tattoos and for another thing I had a blonde mullet. Andy Session didn't have any tattoos and he was in well, he didn't either. Rose he tattoo. was the guy that I met. Yeah, that's the thing. He um I became really good friends with Andy. Andy was engaged to a girl who was John Woodruff's PA. So when Susie came back out from London and, and wanted to form a band, he'd spoken to her about me and she'd spoken to him about me and then I got a call to go on and have a have a play. That sort of started from there. So, yeah, it's it's all his fault. I'll get him next time I see him. There you go. So you didn't join Rose Tattoo. What happened no, next? I went, I went back for two auditions and, I, you know, it was really good. Andy and I just kept talking and everything. And then I got a call from Brent Eccles one time saying, you know, there's a singer that's come out and uh, interested to have a play. And so I walked into, a, into the room. Um, I didn't know anybody at that point. But then uh, the second time I went back, I think... Eddie Parisi was there, and I'd known Eddie and Frank from um, just playing, you know, around Sydney and stuff like that. Um, we used to go and see their band, Bamboo Curtain. They used to play on the North Shore quite a bit, and they were they were the hottest rhythm section in town at the time. And I just thought, well, um, hey, if you know, if these guys are involved and Woody's involved, then because I used to, you know, obviously study the form guide, I was aware of uh, of who. John Woodruff was and um, everything. And I thought, well, it looks, sounds like a bit of a goer to me. So, yeah. What did you think when you heard Susie sing? Because at that time, pretty much it was, it was bloke-a-rama and then suddenly mm. this supermodel sings with, with this voice. Did you think, well, we're onto something good and uh, this is going to be huge and we're going to be still touring in 30 years? Or did you just go, this is a gig, let's go for it and see what happens? Um, when I first met Sue, she had a, a baseball cap on and a sloppy Joe and everything like that. She was kind of flying under the radar, yep. supermodel wise. Um, but the minute she opened her mouth, I thought she sounded like um, old mate from uh, from Foreigner, uh, Lou Graham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of these notes, I'm like, man, you sound, this is amazing. And, and still does. It still gets me. When I hear Sue sing, it's just like, wow, man, that, that girl's a freak. Yeah, it's, I'd still, I still feel that way. Yeah, it's fantastic. She's, she's an amazing, amazing talent. Where did um, your love affair with guitars start, Dave Leslie, from oh, the Baby prob- Animals? Prob- probably watching Billy Thorpe on GTK on the ABC, I'd reckon. Yep, G- that, uh, what, Getting to Know, GTK was a, a music variety kind of program in the early 70s. And I think they might have shown some footage from Sunbury, or something the Thorpey, you know, in the in the, um, the the ponytail era with the with the Les Paul and the the Leonard really loud Leonard amps and stuff. Wasn't Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs billed as the loudest band in Australia? Oh, I dare say <laughs> they would have been. Yes. Anyway, go on. I can, att- I can attest to that, having played with with Billy a couple of times. He he was loud, that guy. And I remember we did uh, what was it? Hey, hey, it's Saturday one time, and Billy Billy was uh, just guesting with the band. And you could hear him outside the building. He was like, you could only hear one thing, and that was his guitar. It was amazing. Um, and I just got the just got hooked. 
you know, um, started started playing the tennis racket and jumping off tables and mum got me a, a, a ukulele and stuff like that and just loved it, just loved the whole rock guitar thing. My parents were both into music and just started from there. What sort of music were they listening to at home? Because if you have a look at your parents' record collection, there's always going to be something in there that's quite surprising. My dad was right into opera and my mother couldn't care less about music, but my dad was like the one that was so into music. So we'd be listening to opera, then we'd be listening to Engelbert Humperdinck, and then my brother would come along and he was a little bit older than me, so it was you Billy Thorpes and your Daddy Cools and Skyhooks and that sort of thing. So what was in the Leslie household in the record collection? Um, mum was uh, Roy Orbison, big, big O fan, my mum. And my dad was like Burt Bacharach, Hal David, that sort of more cocktail jazz kind of thing. So it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good mixture. But I remember my first single, because we used to watch, like, we used to watch Bandstand all the time too. Bandstand was on every night, Brian Henderson. Um, so that was a that was a, a must do in our house. Um, but the first single I ever bought was Ichiku Park by the um, Small Faces. I would have been, what, four years old, five years old at the time. But apparently I specifically wanted that one. The second one was Mellow Yellow. Um, Donovan? Donovan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third one was um, Engelbert Humperdinck, funnily there enough. There the, the last waltz. <laughs> I used to call him Eng- Engelbert Humperdinkle. And it's funny when you look back on little you, and I, I think it's got a lot to do with having an older brother, but I can remember with the tennis racket on the <laughs> Ottoman rocking out to Black Knight by Deep Purple. That was oh, my favourite song, five years old. <laughs> All right, enough about me. Let's get back to you. So you did an awful lot of touring, so you were never home. Did you miss it? I kind of I missed home a bit, but the adventure was just, you know, at that, that age kind of thing, you know, early or mid-20s, was just the big wide world out there. So it was just one big adventure, you know. I racked up a fair bit of uh, credit calling home, had a, what a, what a, like a Telstra kind of call card or whatever it was, telecom thing, and so call, called home a fair bit. Always kept in touch with my mum and family and everything. But the adventure was amazing. We just had such a good time. I'm glad I took so many photos because a lot of it's quite a bit, you know, a bit of a blur. But it was, you know, bus, gig, a lot of press, a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of interviews and, and appearances and things like that, which all part of it. We're out there trying to sell a record. But that was good too, you know. You meet some amazing people and um, you often go out after the gig or do whatever. And, but just that day after day... I don't know. Was it? I guess it was a not a grind so much, but it was a busy. It was a really, really busy schedule, and so you didn't really have much of a chance to to take stock at the time. And when the first album was enjoying its its run at number one, I think we were at number one on the at the Aria charts for like six weeks. We were away at the time, so we we didn't even get a chance to sort of bask in its glory. It was sort of out there. We're overseas doing the do. When your band came out, it was a real head turner to go, wow, this is really different. You know a baby animal song when you hear it. Uh, I think so. We still go, we we come out of the gates swinging, you know, we come out of the corner, corner pretty hard. And when you listen to those songs like you know, Early Warning and um, and Rush You and stuff like that, they virtually, the, the songs, the music virtually jumps out of the speakers at you. Courtesy of, I get, you know, a mixture of the band and um, the producer Mike Chapman and Kevin Shirley, the engineer, just a, was a great, was a good combination. And you listen to it now, and it still, it still jumps out at you, you know. And we like to think that we still do that on stage too, you know. We still, go, we still go in pretty hard. That's for sure. 
A few years back, you had an album, This Is Not The End. And funnily enough, it's got one of my favourite Baby Animals tracks on it, Hot Air Balloon. Did very well, didn't it? I think it did. I think it debuted in top 20. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a cool record. And we love playing Hot Air Balloon because it's got those tempo changes where it sort of, you know, lifts up and then slows back down again. And there's there's, there's a lot of dynamic in it. And um, that went down as a, that's a one taker, that song. That, really? Um, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the band doing it live in the studio. And we had to kind of do it that way because it was the, it was the only way you can successfully capture that energy of it. We wanted to sort of put that get that down on tape, so to speak. And I do one take when I'm singing along with it in the car as well, do quite well. Oh, good. You do a one taker as oh, well. That's yeah. good. And yeah, yeah. A lot of the Baby Animals music <laughs> is stuff that you do. If if you pull up alongside someone and they're listening to the Baby Animals, they are feeling it and they are singing it. It must be fun for you. It must be fun to see, probably not in people's cars, but uh, when you do a live gig, that you see those faces and they're singing all those songs back to you and it is with love and it's with warmth, pure emotion. That that must be a great thing to look at. Oh, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. We... we um we always have a pretty good rapport with with um, you know the people who watch us and our audiences and stuff like that. We sort of uh, don't take it too seriously. There's there's a there's a fair, a fair bit of slapstick that goes on on stage often. But yeah, we love that, love that. That's that's a, that's such a an amazing kind of um, gift or energy to get back. That's for sure. Yeah. Is that a surprising thing for a musician? You know, when you're you're in your room and you're you're practicing all your chords and your notes and I don't know maybe who your influences may have been, but you, you know, at one stage you might have been uh, the next Billy Thorpe or you might have been thinking that you're doing a bit of Eddie Van Halen tricky stuff at, at the <laughs> at the other end of the uh, of the fret. You know, I don't know the technical terms for all of this. Um, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know that thing where oh, he yeah, does yeah. The, the two-handy thing? The two-handed tapping thing? Yeah, yeah I've thing. never. I was a bit late to the party on that one. I never quite <laughs> grasped that one. Sitting in your room, did you actually think that, you know, when you got to do this, in front of people, is there a, a surprise there for Dave Leslie? I was just—I hoped it was going to be this good. That's for sure. When you're in your room, uh, it's you're more sort of concentrating on the music and I guess how it how it moves you at, at the time. And everything that we usually write, it takes us to a different place, and it's so cool that it takes other people to their own different places as well. So I guess when you write, that's first and foremost, it's got to move you first, and it's got to sort of yeah take you on a journey and everything. And that's probably why we never get sick of playing them because every time you embark upon a song like Hot Air Balloon or, or I don't know, you know, Early Warning or whatever, which is probably what's still my favourite song in the set, it's like the minute you hear that intro, it's like, whoa, here we go, you know, and it's you go on that, you go, it's a trip, it's an escape. And um, we do it, you know, we do it kind of for ourselves, but I'm glad that other people kind of resonate with it as well. Yeah, And it was really exciting to go and watch you do the 25th anniversary in Melbourne and you did another one in Sydney. Your own support band, really, weren't you? Because yeah, well, we of the two different versions of the band, Correct. we have a, a new rhythm section. So we got together with the old guys. Yeah, so the new version of the band did the did the support. So we played every song that wasn't on the first album and then the old version played every song we did the first album, sort of cover to cover. And I, I loved that too because the new band, we didn't, have as many kind of hits or popular songs to rely on so we had to kind of go in come out of the gates extra hard and then um it was a it was a good night it was a long night for me I was well and truly warmed up by the time we'd finished you know 
played a lot of guitar that night. You did, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was great. I'd do it again any t- any old time. I loved it. Well, really any, loved it. Anyone who has not gone to see the Baby Animals and is a lover of live music, what's wrong with you? you <laughs> where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> Talk about late to the party. Go and see the Baby Animals, and if anyone wants to check out where you are, what's the best way to do that? Facebook or your website? Probably the Baby Animals Music uh, Facebook or wsthebabyanimals.com. I think it's probably the best best resource there. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Dave Leslie oh, from The Baby it. Animals, and make sure that you do check out that website. What is it again? Uh, TheBabyAnimals.com. Too easy, Dave. See you soon. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for listening, and if you want to know when the next episodes are available, just subscribe, no matter where it is that you're listening to us from, and check out our socials at The Move Me Podcast. There you'll find a whole heap of extra information, like when some new music is coming out, and of course when we're allowed to have concerts when they're going to be. Thanks to our producers at Audio Lemonade, and we'll check you next week. Bye. Bye.